today on The Breakdown. We have a cash game hand for you. It's from a $200, $400 cash game where some of the best players in the world were invited and locked horns with each other. This time around, we've got Kristen Bicknell. She's something like in the top 15 in the GPI pretty much all the time. Against Landon Tice. Okay, admittedly not in the top 15 in the GPI, but a name these days because he got his hat handed to him a little bit by Bill Perkins. It's hard to get your hat handed to you while you're simultaneously beating a guy for like four big blinds an hour, but that's what happened. We can get into that if you want. But anyway, these guys are going to play a hand where, well, we're going to test the limits of Kristen Bicknell's powers in this hand is what I'll tell you, where she has a pretty good hand. The story that's being told, I don't know how much sense it really makes, and she's going to have to really try and put this together to decide what to do. And we're going to get into it right now on The Breakdown with Grant Dennison and Jonathan Levy. Hey. First time, no rehearsal. I say fuck the second take. Not his baby scratching the vinyls until the record. Yeah. We, uh, we're going to get into it. Uh, Landon Tice, why don't we tell the quick story for those who don't know okay. as to why he is now poker famous. Yes. So he was a solve for why guy. Acolyte. Yeah. I think he, I think he maybe even started, I could be wrong about this. Like in their technical department, he was like doing like, you know, IT type stuff for them and, or whatever. And, uh, was a poker player too, of course. Yeah. And like sort of worked his way up, became a coach and, uh, to where ultimately he challenged Bill Perkins to a match where they were going to play, I believe it was 25,000 hands, and he had to beat Bill Perkins by more than nine blinds per hundred hands. And uh, I believe it was a, was it a million dollars they had bet? I, I don't remember the amount, but it was a significant It was a significant amount. Change. You gotta, you gotta, it's got to be a lot of money to get Bill Perkins out of bed. Exactly. Um, and uh, after 5,000 hands, Landon... Now, this was not all Landon's money. In fact, I, I don't know if any of it was... Almost any of it was his money. It was like the Software Wive guys were bankrolling that, I think. Sure. Um, by the way, they all went on podcasts. Matt Berkey went on podcasts, many others too, talking about what an incredible money-making opportunity this was, you know, to take advantage of Bill Perkins, all this kind of stuff. Well, Bill Perkins got a coach and had three months to, to learn how to play better and did. And, uh, and so they surrendered after 5,000 hands where Landon was winning. I think it was by about three big blinds per hundred. Maybe it was two, maybe it was four, but it was somewhere in that neighborhood. And they just thought it wasn't possible to win by that much. And so they surrendered and they had to pay out like, there's, a, there's an amount you could pay basically. So it was weird because, so Landon actually think they got to keep the money they were up, but they had to pay out like a quarter of a million dollars or something like yeah. that to Perkins to end the match early. And, uh, so ultimately, it's a little bit of egg on the face. I don't know really of, of Tice as much as his backers, but everyone a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I could see being a little offended if I were Bill Perkins. Yeah. You know, like you can beat me by nine big blinds per hundred. You're just going to say that and you're going to talk to everybody about how it's a huge money making opportunity. I know I'm a whale. I get it. I'm Bill Perkins. But like, come on, I'm not an idiot. Well, right? and the, the thing that I think happens a lot in these cases is uh, if you don't keep your mouth shut, and sometimes even if you do keep your mouth shut, it doesn't matter, right? Because you're up against really competitive people. A guy like Bill Perkins is a highly competitive person. He's a billionaire. He made it in energy futures and oil, oil futures and stuff like that, I think. Energy, he was an energy trader anyway. Um, so, like, you give him time and you insult him, it's not shocking to me that he would try hard to get better. 
you know, instead of like, maybe they thought like a million dollars just wasn't enough for him to try. You know, he's the guy who famously gave $550,000 to Jeff Gross for getting a little rainbow tattoo on his back, right? Right. So maybe they thought like, this is perfect. But if someone tries really hard and they're not an idiot, and I, don't, I think we can all agree Bill Perkins is very unlikely to be an idiot, even if he's not a great poker player. Right. Um, he's going to get one, he's going to get heads up coaching from some really good players, which is exactly what happened. And, you know, they got their heads handed to him. And so I guess they all learned a lesson, perhaps. I think it's great. Good yeah. for Bill Perkins. Yeah, I mean, I think it's also like the culture we've created, and I think you and I have probably been guilty of this as well as, as essentially voices in the poker world of the culture we've created of kind of like uh, thinking of whales as kind of like a joke. Mm. Um, it's uh, sometimes a little unfair. And I think a lot of the time it feels more fair because it's like, well, those guys are whales because they're rich. So, like, you know, I don't feel bad saying, like, they're shitty at poker. Right. Which, you know, often they are shitty at poker, but at the same time, like you said, these are people who are competitive for the most part. They have egos. They probably can be hurt by these thoughts. They're playing poker a lot. Like, you're not considered a whale if you play poker once. You know, they play it a lot because they like it and they want to be good at it, or at least they want to have fun at it. Right? Yeah. They don't want to be considered an idiot. And I think that probably probably uh, chaffed Bill Perkins a little bit, you know? Made yeah. him a little unhappy. I think it's chafed, but I'm with you. No, you, you got chaffed. <laughs> I will say this, too, that the marginal difference between someone like, let's say, Landon Tice and another good cash game player is not going to be that much, right? right? Even, like, the best cash game players in the world, the guy, let's say, like, Jungle Man. Like, Jungle Man, clearly better than Landon Tice. I think I think everyone would agree with that, even Landon Tice, I think. Um, but he's not wildly better than Landon. Like, right. Because once you get up that good, once you're that good and you're in that, that hemisphere... The differences are marginal, and that's it. The difference is when someone's horrible, and Bill Perkins used to be really bad. Yeah, um, The differences are wild and are much bigger than even nine big blinds an hour. The thing is, traversing that first uh, field to get from horrible to, like, passable isn't that hard to do. And now, right. the, now the differences start to become not completely marginal, but more marginal. And that's what, that's what Bill Perkins was able to do. He was able right. to go from probably 10 big blinds or 12 big blinds an hour or worse to five, and he did it in three months. And that's a doable thing. The, those next four big blinds an hour are much, it can take much longer, I think, right. most of the time. But he didn't have to do that. They set the bar low enough for him that he could, he could cross it. Yeah. yeah. You never want to set the bar too low for your competition. That's right. You know? I mean, can you imagine when they came with that nine big blinds an hour? I mean, if you're Landon Tice, you're 22. Yeah. Ugh, that's a lot. That's a lot. But, you know, they're backing you, so whatever. Maybe you're 22 and you have enough confidence in yourself because you're mm. 22 and, mm. like, you're already pretty successful. You're like, of course I can do that. Yeah. I've seen this guy play on the big game. You right. Know, like, I mean, I mean, like, Berkey is, I know, one of his big backers, for right. example. And, uh, and he, he played with, he's played with Perkins a lot. So I'm sure he was saying, like, you can do this. I know you can do this. But Berkey was probably thinking about Perkins playing in ring games and not doing all this hardcore heavy coaching where it went from like a fun thing that you do to suddenly this challenge that everyone's going to pay attention to. We're playing 25,000 hands. Like it's going to take a lot of your time. Yeah. Um, similarly, this is what happened with Negreanu, right? Even though he did get housed by Doug Polk, he spent a long, he spent real time preparing. Right. And it got better and kept working all the way through, which also, once Bill Perkins started playing, his ability was going to probably exponentially increase then too because they were going to have more data on how Landon Tice was playing him. So he could get better strategies mm -hmm. to, um, to combat that with his coaches. All this stuff is in play, so you got to be careful. Yeah. Or just get, get a little destroyed. It's okay too. Or don't set the bar so low for your competition. Yeah. yeah. If they said five big blinds an hour, 
you know, they might be fine. Right like, now. hey, Bill Perkins, just don't be dead and you get to win. Like, if you don't die before this, you win. If you like, work a bit, if you're willing to put the time in, you're going you're gonna to make it. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. Anyway. Landon Tice. That's why he's poker famous. Yes. That might be why he was invited to this stream. I think so. He's on. It's a, it's a $200, $400 game. We've done a hand from it already featuring Tom Dwan. It's, fun, it's a fun little cash game that occurred. Yes. Uh, hosted by the WPT. Uh, this hand was suggested by Alex Trembath. One of the greats. One of the greats on Twitter. We are the poker guys on Twitter. There is something new about this hand that we're going to do. Okay. Now, there, were, there was a period a year and a half, two years ago or so, when we were implementing solver analysis into our podcasts and videos. We didn't really like how that was going because we would personally do the solvers before we started the podcast. And it would really inform all of our thoughts on the yeah. hand. It would be really hard to decouple our, our thought process from what the solver told us was supposed to happen. And I think that diminished our analysis, and I think you agree, Jonathan. A hundred percent. But obviously, solvers have a place in modern poker. It's not just two guys talking analytically about poker, and we think coming up with pretty good ideas, but like solvers also play a huge role in analytical poker thought these days. So the way that we're going to go about it, it to re-implement the solver, is, which is not for everybody, that's okay. It's just going to be at the end of the show, is we have uh, a listener and a fan, Wesley Cannon, is going to run this hand through the solver, He's going to get results that we don't know. We're yeah. going to look at the results after we do the podcast, and there will be a section at the end of the show where we go over the solver results and see how it paired up with what we came up with. Yeah, and that, by the way, that isn't sort of like where you get the test answers and find out if you're right or you're wrong, because the solver is about being balanced, right? right? And what we're talking about is trying to play the, the most optimal poker against these opponents in this spot. Right. right? So it's, they're going to be different, but still, as you said, the solver is going to give us some data that we probably won't otherwise have and maybe open up some things we weren't aware of that right. happens. It'll also be just interesting to see how our analysis meshes with what the solver says is right yeah. or wrong. I think sometimes we'll probably be pretty close, and sometimes it'll be like, oh, the solver hates our ideas. Yeah. You know? I mean, it's not unusual. Back when we were two years ago when we were doing this, what does the solver say? Uh, where the, we'd be really shocked at some of the things the software would do. You know, right. where it would be we'd be saying like 40% of the time we're supposed to raise here with this hand in this spot against this range? That can't be right, you know? But yet, there it was. Right. And so uh, we were also even wondering, like, how good were we at using the solver? We thought we were pretty good. We're hoping, uh, we're hoping these guys are better. Wesley, Wesley yeah, can. Oh, in this case, yeah, Wesley is better. We actually have a little cadre of folks yeah. who are going to be doing this uh, in, for the foreseeable future. But Wesley is our first... Our first go at it here. We're excited to have him. Yeah. So, uh, again, we have not seen any results from the solver. We yeah. don't know what it's going to spit out about this hand. This is just our pure, unadulterated analysis, and we'll, we'll check in with it at the end of the show. Right. This is a normal podcast. Everything's the same as always right now. Right. All right, so let's get to it. Yeah. 200 to 400 game, Landon Tice has $56,000. Perfectly fine. He's in the hijack with Ace-8 of hearts. He's going to make it 1K. Yep. Two and a half X is what the kids are doing in cash games these days, I guess. Cool. Yeah. Whatever. Doesn't matter. Kristen Bicknell is on the button. Formidable opponent. She's got 74K. King of Diamonds, 10 of Hearts. Is this ever a call? I think almost never is this a call. Because it's unsuited? Because you would yes. call with the suited King 10 almost every time, right? Correct. Yeah. We might, we might throw that a little bit with that too, right? But yeah, but we're obviously never folding King 10 suited. So yeah, it's mostly calling. This is kind of a porker of a hand if you're, not, if you're calling with it, I think, though. Like, we really put ourselves in bad spots. Landon is raising almost 
Maybe maybe a few suited kings that are worse than this, but it's hard for us to flop a king and be in great shape. Yeah, he probably has as low as king nine suited for sure, and maybe yeah. king eight suited. He might have king eight suited. So sometimes we're going to have him out kicked, but if we share a king, meaning there's a king on the board and he has a king in his hand too, we're often screwed, and we can't play a big pot almost ever with this hand, right? Yeah. Um, with just one pair, I don't think. We can't be looking to play a big pot. Right, and if we have ace king, we could, in theory, be looking to play a big pot on certain boards, right? Where top top is often going to be good enough. Um, so yeah, so I really don't like a call here unless you're up against very very wide opens, right? But against a range where Landon's Landon's opening range here is going to be not super wide, it's going to be correct. I think we have to three better fold this hand. Probably. Which do you prefer? I mostly like three betting. Uh, Landon's opening a lot for sure here. Um, he's so that's pro- mostly just the value of the king as a blocker then, because when you get called, you're in a similar situation or even sometimes worse than you were before as far as um, being out kicked and stuff like that. Um, we eliminate a little bit of some of the kicker issues. King like, Jack off might fold, but they might call. They might. Ace King is almost always going to four bet us so we can eliminate that. Okay. Like it's, it's a little bit better. King King isn't there. Not that it's going to be there much anyway, yeah. but it could be. Um, we eliminate a few things. Uh, but yeah, this is a pure bluff. We're really hoping he folds. And by the way, the 10 is a tiny bit of a block or two. Just a tiny bit. Um, blocks pocket 10s, really. That's right. about it. As a hand that would continue. Maybe ace 10 suited at blocks. That's maybe a continuing hand. Sure. But not much, of yeah. course. The king the king has the value here. I think we're hoping to three bet and fold this out right now. Otherwise, we do get to play in position in a bloated pot where we usually both miss. So that's not bad. And this hand, of course, can flop some reasonable things, too. Yeah, it's not king nine. It's, it feels right. a little better than king nine. Right. So... Does your analysis change if you're not at this table with a bunch of crushers? Like, if you're sitting at a table and you're, like, clearly the best player by a significant margin, pretty weak table, do you just call here, like, almost all the time? Yes. Yeah. Um, Partially because I don't think the lower quality games are going to have that many folds in them. Like, the guy opens, he's just not going to fold very much when Mm -hmm. I three-bet. So that's... So I lose that value, number one. Number two, the real value is not just winning this small pot. The real value is winning a huge pot. And because they're opening wide enough, they're opening a lot more kings. I can flop top pair and be good a lot now, even if we're sharing And you can figure it out more easily. Exactly. They're going to they're gonna give it away in a lot of ways. I'm going to make some folds that I wouldn't have to make again, or I wouldn't be able to make against uh, the crushers. And I'm going to make some calls I wouldn't be able to make probably also, depending right. on. They're just going to give it away with bet sizing, with some other physical tells probably. Who knows? They're just, they just can't help themselves. Right. You know? Yeah, but that's not the case here. Right. So Bicknell does go for the three bet. She makes it 3,500 over the 1K. Folds back to Tice. Ace, eight of hearts. It's uncomfortable, but, I mean, you have, to, you have to continue in this hand one way or another with this hand this strong, right, against a player like Bicknell? I guess, man. I don't love it. It sucks to be out of position with this hand. It really, really sucks. Uh, we have a bad ace, not a good ace. Yeah, it's suited, though. I mean, you can make the nuts. That's, that's the only reason to call. Or also, out of, being out of position, I don't think you have to continue. I don't think it's mandatory to continue here. I think if, you, if you, we just fold this hand, it's fine. It's 2,500 to 16,500. That is the thing. 5,500, excuse me. Yeah, that, that is a little better. We Jonathan are getting, likes that deal. I do like that deal. I really prefer to be in position with that deal, though, than out of position. Well, that's always true, yeah. Right. Well, so I get to I can make a decision here to fold and be out and not be out of position with it though. Like I can I can Against make that decision. A, an elite player, would you actually think like you're just getting crushed if you're folding wouldn't, hands like wouldn't, this? But wouldn't I rather be four betting or folding rather than calling? So you think this is a four bet? I think this is I think this plays better as a four bet or fold than as a call mostly. That's what I'm wondering. Hmm. So you're gonna make it I feel like, like this plays similar to like ace ace three suited, doesn't it? Against her range. I mean she yeah. can have some bad aces. Maybe we outkick her a little bit, but like 
I mean, I guess in a way, it's very popular for the good players to choose the ace wheels as three bets. Yes. So maybe we do have some kicker advantages based on that. Maybe we do. Uh, maybe. Sure. It's possible. Of course. Of course it's possible. But wouldn't it, but isn't it going to be easier? I think it's more profitable to four better fold this hand probably than to call against someone as good as Chris and Bicknell who's in position against us. So you want to make bets. it like 13,000? Yeah. Something like that. Look, I mean, we see this hand that she has. I, would, I don't need to see this hand to know, though, that she's going to have a pretty wide three-betting range when we open the cutoff and she's on the button, right? Hijack. Oh, excuse me, the high. Still, she's going to be three-betting a lot of hands, right? Of course she is. Sure. So we can punish her with, the, with a hand that has a good blocker in it. If she calls, it's really rough. But we have a hand that can absolutely outflop her two jacks or something like that. Um, and we don't have to put more money in if she calls, you know, if we don't like the board. You, I, I don't really want to call. Are you underestimating the playability of suited aces? Maybe I am. Let's talk about it. I mean, we're pretty deep here. Once, once called, there would be 8K in the pot. Tice was the effective stack with 56K to start. So we'll have like 50K left. Yeah. I mean, he's got like... 53K, yeah. Okay. So, I mean, it's not that good, is it? He's got, what, less than 7 to 1 stacked to pot. Yeah, but it's a hand that it really can flop quite well. I mean, there's like... I mean, not that often, really, right? Yeah, ace-10 I mean, suited is a, lo- a lot better. Yeah, but. like, I mean, we're not going to flop an eight, ace-8 eight, two-pair very often. We're not going to flop trips ace very often. Ace-8 flops two-pair pretty frequently. <laughs> so then we're just talking about flopping two of the suit, like, which doesn't you, happen that have often. Have you ever flopped two-pair with ace-7? I don't know that I have. No, but ace-8, it's like... It's, it's ace, pretty ace, common. You know what else? Ace-deuce flops two-pair Oh, constantly. all the time. <laughs> But then it gets counterfeit on the river. Oh, all so the sick. Time. So sick. You got to get it in before the it's river. It's always another jack. But anyway, um, so yeah, I just, I, I hear what you're saying. I think this is a, um, a seductive hand, but I actually think I would prefer a fold to a call here, even though, unless I'm getting through that constantly by Kristen, but even then I, I'd rather just four bet this hand. Like, I just don't like a call here, being out of position against one of the best players in the world with a hand that's kind of crappy. And, like, what am I supposed to flop except a big flush draw or flush that's, or two pair that I'm going to be able to know how to, how to continue against her? Well, you're going to call down on a lot of aces and eights. Well, that's a problem, isn't it? Like, probably against, not. Against one of the best players in the world, that's probably yeah. problematic. I, I don't hate a call. I actually don't. I don't. I'm not saying I hate a call. I just think I like the other decisions better, if that makes sense. I'm, I, I'm not sure if I, I don't like call best. Mm, yeah, that I do not agree with. I think I like call worst. I think I like it best. Yeah. So does Landon. Yes, Landon does call. Yeah. So me and the kids are on the same wavelength. Cool. Well, me and Bill Perkins over here, we're gonna, you know, not call and win all the money. How's that? How's really, that feel? You losing three blinds per hundred is. Winning. I think it's more like four blinds per hundred. So that's, that's winning all the money. Two hundred fifty k, bitches. <laughs> maybe. Maybe. But there's no bet right now based on that. Yeah, but still, me and me and Bill Perkins forever. All right, Bill. <laughs> I, I mean, a, it's pretty good if you, if you can get in. Like, this is a good attempt by you to get in the Bill Perkins circle. I will get if a tattoo. If he'll pay you half a million dollars I swear. For, for a tattoo. I swear I will get a tattoo. Not on my face, but, you know, in a reasonable place on my body, I will get a tattoo, Bill, for the money. I swear I will do it. I'm never, <laughs> I don't have any tattoos. I have no piercings. I will do this. Yeah. I'm, I put this out for real. Half a million dollars, you know, it, it can't be obscene, but, you know, that's fine. Yeah. Let's do this. Bill Perkins. Yeah. Like Jonathan's new best friend. A little Popeye. I'll put a little Popeye on my this back is, this, for half a This is how you walk down a path of, to like true sadness and depravity where like, this is how it starts. You're like, I just want to be in the circle <laughs> with this billionaire who does fun stuff. And you end up kind of being like his errand boy who mm. you like, when, he, when his other cool billionaire friends around, he makes you like do stuff and then he throws 
if he throws me if he throws me like, six oh, figures oh, thank you sir oh thank you and then you have to go in the corner and sit in the corner okay but isn't what you just described pretty much every job in the world i'm i'm pretty much every job no, those jobs are metaphors for like this is this is a metaphor for those jobs. Exactly. This would be reality. <laughs> like, but the, but no, this is way better than all the jobs in the world because you make a lot more money and you probably get to eat really well. But what if your pride? You think you think the people who work eight hour days have pride? What if what? If, yes. <laughs> what if Bill Perkins was like, you were in the middle of of chomping down a delicious hundred and forty dollar pork chop that Bill Perkins bought for you at a yeah. restaurant while all of his friends are there, and you're halfway through the pork chop and he's like, Levy, stop chewing, freeze. Yeah. And he's just like. Guys, watch how long you can do this for. <laughs> like, yeah. like you, I would do that. You're cool with that? I would 100% stop and be like, this is the price of, uh, <laughs> of being in the, in the cadre. I'm down. I'm down. I want to be in this cohort, man. Okay. Sometimes you got to, you know, you got to eat a little shit, I guess. And uh, I've pretty much tried to design my life the last few years where I eat zero shit. And I've lately been pulling it off. But, uh, but that is, you know, if he's going to just throw me a quarter of a million dollars here and there because it's funny regularly somewhat regularly yeah you know what i'll dance i'll be your monkey bill perkins all right this is a call out to all of the uber rich if (laughs) if your group needs just like yeah a court jester but kind of like the type of court jester that you can shit on and not feel bad about it and you know just like not literally shit treat well no but treat like complete trash and demean. I mean, let's and, let's and be make careful. Do funny things like run across the highway at midnight. Yeah, but yeah, not. That's Jonathan Levy. He's, I'm not going to for you. <laughs> I'm not going to hurt myself. I'm not going to hurt anyone else. I'm not going to do anything illegal. I'm not going to do anything disgusting. Beyond that, I'm yours. <laughs> <laughs> okay, the call is out there. Yeah. And speaking of the call, Landon Tice has made the call. Yes, he has. All right. So Tice has Ace of Hearts. Bicknell has King of Diamonds. Ten of Hearts. We are heading to the flop with $8,000 in the pot. More importantly, Nitrogen Sports is where you should play your pots, Jonathan. Yeah. We want you to play your pots on Nitrogen Sports. I like it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I'm not talking about marijuana. You're not I'm talking not about... talking about plants. Right. I'm talking about poker. You're not talking about cooking. I'm not talking about cooking at all. Yeah. No. Unless you want to cook up some value, <laughs> which I love doing on the last Sunday of every month. Cooking yes. up some value in the Nitrogen Sports Monthly Poker Guys tournament where there is a guaranteed overlay, a couple thousand dollars they just throw in the prize pool because they don't like money, Jonathan. Yeah, I mean, they don't seem to. Yeah, which is good for you because they have money. They just yeah. don't want all of it anymore. It's sort of a Bill they Perkins want, scenario. They want you to have some of it. You can be the Jeff Gross of the scenario. Yeah. You know, the expected value is immense. You got to use the link in the description of this podcast when you sign up or you don't get access to that tournament. Of course, they also have sports betting. We just ran a survivor pool for free that they're putting money into. It's really cool. Yep. Which is an NFL thing. Um, they do March Madness stuff for our people. You know, just get in there. They're good. It's Bitcoin only. You get your money fast. Whoopity doo da. It's a fun time on nitrogen. Incredibly well said. I think that's correct. Whoopity doo da. Indeed. I mean, we've given them so many logos, mottos they could use instead of the future of betting, which is their motto. Yeah. It, we, they could, it could be whoopity doo It's a good time on nitrogen. <laughs> like, that's, that's more memorable. It still might be. I mean, you just came up with that one. Yeah. But I feel, I feel you. We've, we've really come up with a lot. Like, right, uh, there's some past you, great you, ones. I don't know, but give me a new one. Oh. Hit me with a new nitrogen motto. Nitrogen sports. Our colors run deep. That's okay. That's fine. That's okay. I mean, you, I just... See, that was out of nowhere. You go ahead, your turn. Nitrogen sports not involved in child trafficking. <laughs> That's pretty good. Yeah, it makes me want to go there. Yeah. Um, nitrogen sports eat everything. <laughs> okay, we already got three there. Yeah. Than what they got. Honestly, eat everything is pretty great. Yeah, it has nothing to do with food, but you can 
you know, hey, win some money and then use that to buy food. Also, you know what? They have nothing to do with child trafficking. Nothing and, but at you all. Could, but you could win some money and buy some child <laughs> trafficking. Oh, wow, yeah. Let's not, let's not suggest that. Oh, okay. 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 Anyway. <laughs> 8K in the pot. Right. Ace-8, King-10. Six of hearts, King of spades, Nine of hearts. Whoa. Tice does have the Ace-8 of hearts. Bucknell with King-10 has top pair. This happened. She has the backdoor flush draw with the Ten of hearts as well. Yep. Tice is going to check. Is there any argument for leading no, in this situation? There's no, there's no argument. Yeah, I agree. Is there any argument for checking back as Bucknell? I don't think so. Uh, we're going to get called by all of his medium pocket pairs and stuff like that. You think under the nine? Uh, I do. I do. Uh, I think he just doesn't have enough to, uh, to, to like fold those, enough value to, to be able to fold those. So I think he's going to call with all those. Well, let's think about it. Okay. He's got some tens, some jacks that he's not four betting. Some. He's got king, queen, minus of the kings that he would have. Sure. He's got nine, ten suited, eight, nine suited. Probably based on having ace eight suited, I would guess he had seven nine suited and uh, nine jack suited. Okay, that's a decent amount of value. Sure, but let's think about all the hands he calls with if he's calling with ace eight suited here. Yeah, like he's just got so many, and most of them are going to whiff. He's calling apparently with all suited aces, right? I mean, you'd rather have six seven suited than pocket sevens, though, right? If you're Tice, because uh, you can improve. Yeah, sure, more, more easily improve. Sure, you would, but you but you probably have that less. Because pocket sevens, I think you're always calling, and six seven suit. I don't know if he's always calling. Yeah, he's always calling. He has ace eight suit. He's calling with six seven suit. I don't know. He's out of position with with that hand. I don't know if he is. That's I'm, pretty nitty to fold that hand when you're deep. Uh, yeah, it is. But you know, the, when you're the deep is part of the problem, right? Like that. Like that's, when you I get it all in, I think it's that's the motto for the 2017 Jason Statham movie, The Meg. <laughs> deep is part of the problem. Yeah. I thought it was something has survived. It probably is that. No, it's, that's Jurassic Park for oh. sure. Okay. Yeah. The big big old shark. But anyway. <laughs> <laughs> there were two Megs. Yeah, uh, that's a spoiler. I didn't even see the movie. That's you spoiled it but though. It, yeah, but that is true. There's two Megs. Yeah, they're they're in love or something. Are they? I don't know, probably. There's probably do you get to see some some Meg action? Meg on Meg action? No, but you get to see Jason Statham kill the shit out of some giant sharks. Oh. And he's got that accent. He's like, Oi! You know what I mean? No, I'm shark talking about in it. No, I'm talking it's about a shock, isn't it? No, I'm talking about. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> anyway, can we get back to this situation? No. Yes. Okay. So, so I think he's got, for example, sevens or eights. He's calling for a bunch of reasons. Uh, one is that his hand probably is doing well enough against her range to. Uh, they might end up being useful blockers down the road. Uh, there's, you know, he's got backdoor straight stuff happening, which I think does matter in these spots. Um, I just don't. Th- I think he's calling with like pretty much all his pocket pairs once. I don't think he's just folding those. Are you making once. an argument for Bicknell not to see bet with whiffs? Oh, interesting question. Um, probably not. He probably also has a lot of other hands that he still can fold, i.e., all the suited aces, i.e., ace jack, uh, ace ten suited, so on and so forth. There's a lot of stuff I think he can fold. So I think I think this is her board because it's king nine six. That's more her than him. Disagree. Really? It's more her top end. He has more kings in his range. He should. I mean, he, she has king 10 off. You don't really think about that as, as a major part of her range. You don't, at least don't give him all 16 combos pre-flop. Okay, not all 16. Yeah, sure. Like, he has, he has well, more kings in his well, range. Well, there's, there's 12 combos of king 10 off, right? Because there's four combos right, of king 10 Right, I was thinking suited, about but, pre-flop. Um, right, but she's calling the king 10 suited, is what I'm saying. Oh, so I see. So she's got 12, 12 right, combos right, right, of the right, king of 10 off. Um, that makes sense. But I feel like he has more kings in his range based on pre-flop alone. 
I just don't know if that's true or not. I don't know if she's three betting like king five suited here much against him or not. I would think she isn't, but I don't know. Yeah, I guess that's so. Fair. So it's it's hard to say. But as you said, she's definitely got the top end advantage where she's got pocket kings more of the time. She's got ace king more of the time. She's got aces way more of the yeah. time. Um, so I think this is a C bet if she has it or not. Do you? But you disagree? No, I do. I do think that. Okay. It's just that it seemed like you were arguing that there wasn't that much fold equity in general, which is uh, oh. in, in uh, like which was in support of betting for value with the king. I'm really not arguing that. I'm saying that I think he's got so many hands that a like, hand like pocket sevens or pocket eights absolutely has to call because he's throwing away. But so that many was other in hands. service of saying that there's no reason to check back as Bicknell because you can get value from so many hands. Oh, wow. How do you remember all these things? I mean, I think that, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Yes. I think she should. I think she should be betting. I think there are hands she can get value from. It's fine to fold out the hands that she folds out because there are going to be a lot of aces, which, you know, do have three outs against her at least anyway. Yeah. I think it's fine to bet. I like betting. I want to get some value. And it's fine to take it down right here anyway with our King 10, right? I mean, I'd prefer to get called. We want to get called once yeah. and then go check, check on the turn and bet. Have him check the river. We bet he calls. Yeah. Like that's like, or we hit a 10, you know? That sounds, like. uh, that sounds ideal. Yeah. And I, I to be clear, I, I do fall on the side of betting as well. Yeah. I just. Just wanted to dig into your point. It's good. No, you should you should push back. I like that. Seriously. Anyway, she That's does bet. She bets uh, three thousand, which is interesting because it's a relatively wet board. It is you'd a expect, little wet. You expect a bigger bet? Is it just because it's a three bet pot and it's just a size down scenario almost no matter what the board? I wonder if part of it is that she thinks the hands that he's calling with, he's calling with. So like the pairs, and if he's got certain draws, obviously hearts. Um, maybe even gutters. She just thinks like he's probably not going to fold those things and probably not folding them for whatever sizing anyway. Well, if you're going to play exploit, you'd want to bet more then because hmm. of the range that you described, more of it is being beat by our hand than beating us. So we'd want to bet more. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but hmm, that is a good point. Maybe she, but, but she's of course doing this from the point of view of her whole range, not just this hand, of course. right? So for the whole range, she's going to have a lot of whiffs and a lot of hands. So she's going to be betting. If, if she's betting this board all the time, she wants to bet. Smart. Right. That's why I included the word exploit. Yeah. That is of course the answer. Of, right. Yeah. So she does go three K. All right. This is a pretty interesting spot for Tice. Agreed. We're already interesting. What I do we want to do? I think the first question he has to ask himself is, can he represent any reasonable value? I mean, the only thing that really makes sense are sixes and nines. I agree. Sixes, sets of nines. I guess he could have king nine suited, maybe. I don't. Maybe. I don't. I don't know if he can, but maybe. that's a pretty bad hand. Like ace eight suited, I felt comfortable calling king nine suited. Feels really like a four better fold to me. I mean, I think you're right. You, but you were thinking he was going to call six seven suited. And I think that's a significantly better hand than king nine suited for this scenario. I don't know if I agree, but I don't know if I disagree. Okay. So let's not get into that piece. We won't. Um. So there's so much more to talk about anyway. Uh. I mostly agree with you that really we're talking about pocket nines, pocket sixes is what we're repping. Or I guess we could have a, a major combo draw type hand or just a major draw. Like th- this is a major draw. We could have jack, ten of hearts. We could have queen, ten of hearts. Seven, right? eight of hearts. We could have seven, eight of hearts. We could have eight, ten of hearts. Yeah. Um, there are hands we can have here. We could have king, x of hearts, although we're rarely going to raise that. No, um, I, I don't see any reason to raise that. Yeah, especially against someone as good as Big Nell. Yeah. Um, so current value, there aren't that many hands available. Right. So against a thinking player, you might not want to raise because it doesn't tell a good story. I think you're right. And they're going to be able to fold when the draws come in because it's like, well, I, I couldn't beat anything. I, I could beat stuff on the flop. I could beat most of the range. But right. when the draws come in, I can beat nothing unless you just have a random bluff. Also, like we were saying, there's actually a lot of gutters on this board, not just yeah. the hearts. There's a lot of them. And so like, and a bunch of the hands that Landon might call with pre, i.e. Queen 10, Queen Jack, Jack 10. Yeah. Those 
especially suited versions of those, but like those are all gut shots that he may not want to check call with, but he might want to check raise with. Yeah. So it feels like he's going to just be way too bluff heavy if he raises here with this hand too. When this hand, by the way, works okay as a call. Like this is a hand with enough equity. We can just call. It can beat some of the range. Yeah. Right. Like right now it can beat some of the range. Right. Um, It sucks to stay out of position with this hand though. And this is the, the only real obvious reason I think to consider raising it right now is that like, if a heart comes in, it's hard to get value. Like, it's going to go check, check on the turn. I guess we could just lead. I guess we're just going to lead if a heart comes, right? Like, a lot. I, yeah, I don't see a way around leading. Yeah. But then that means we have to figure out a range of when we don't have a flush, but that's probably not too hard. We have to have ace-x with the ace of hearts, have some calls, and then, uh, and then lead when, when it comes in. I, I mean, think. we can't do that on this board, having called a three-bet preflop. If we have ace-queen, do we ever call this 3K? Maybe. Maybe, but that's, but that's it, right? That's it, yeah. yeah, so there's not too many of them anyway. Right. Because there's only three three combos of that yeah. with the with the ace of hearts. Because obviously the ace, the ace queen of hearts wouldn't count. We'd have um, to have leads with like king jack with a jack of hearts or something. Which is which is a weird hand to lead. So, so this is problematic for the plan yeah. of leading when you make a flush because it yeah. becomes relatively obvious unless you can find a way to balance. Uh, what we have to do is we have to call sometimes with straight draws. The heart comes and lead with that. Okay. That's, that's a way to get there. And that makes a lot of sense that we would do that, actually. Maybe so, the straight draws that are spades, so you have the backdoor flush draw. Well, but on the turn, we won't have it anymore, right? I know, but I'm saying like... Oh, it is a way to pick. As a way to pick instead of check raising or folding with your gut shot. Because we probably don't have too many flushes when the heart comes on the turn. We have this one. We have all the suited aces, apparently. Yeah. But I don't know that we have that many other flushes that are going to play like this. You expect the combo draws to all raise? I think they're going to raise a lot. There aren't that many of them anyway, really. Like, yeah. if you're doing combos, there just aren't, right? There's a few. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's like six or something. Something like that. Some of them are going to raise. Most of them are going to raise, but some of them are just going to call. Um, but anyway, but I think, I think we can lead because we can... Because if we're going to check call our, our straight draws, which we probably are, because like we were saying, we can't rep that much value, we should probably be leading on... Maybe we should be leading on straight cards and flush cards. Obvious straights there's and flush so cards. There's so many straight cards then. Like that, that turns it into like we're leading half the deck. There's also no super obvious one any more so than anything else. Like I guess a 10 is the most obvious one where queen jack comes in and 7-8 comes in. But yeah. do we have a lot of queen jack and 7-8? Only suited. Yeah. So not that much. Right. So eh, don't love it. Um, yeah, so that's so we can't do that much of it, I guess. Yeah, I guess sometimes we just have to check the flush on the turn. We have to check it a little bit. We should lead a bunch, but we should check some too. Yeah, yeah, okay. All right, anyway, Tice calls, which I think we both like. Yeah, so once in a while, Ace High is good here. Yeah, once in a while. Pot's 14,000. Yeah, turn is the eight of clubs. Okay, so it's now six of hearts, nine of hearts, king of spades, eight of clubs on the turn. Tice makes. A pair, which makes it more likely that he could possibly be winning now, although still losing to a lot of the range. Indeed. Uh, but you know what I smell? Equity. I smell some equity. I thought you said equity. Equity. I did. Is that what the devil likes? Equity. What do you mean? The- when the devil plays poker, he has equity. <laughs> Not equity. Yeah. I guess, I guess so. That's interesting. Yeah. He doesn't like to say hell. No, he says hack. Yeah. He says, darn it all the hack. Yeah. That's what Satan says. Yeah. I'm the devil. Anyway, 14K in the pot. Eight of clubs in the turn. Okay. It does complete 7-10, which I don't think really is in Tice's range and rarely in Bicknell's range. Yeah. And uh, 5-7, which I guess maybe Tice could have 5-7 suited. Seems so unlike 5-7 of hearts, maybe. It seems so hard for him to check call 5-7. Yeah, I know. 
Five seven nine of hearts on right. the flop. Yeah, so it's not really a huge straightening card. No, I don't think so. Eight nine suited gets there. That seems like the most likely hand to have gotten there for Tice. Yeah, okay. But um, there's only two combos of that because yeah. there's a nine of hearts and eight of clubs on the board. Right, and if you think he's playing eight eight like this all day, then there's three combos of that too. Okay, fair enough. By the way, pocket sevens now isn't going to fold if you were bluffing. Yeah. No, Big Nell wasn't, but right. still. Uh, anyway, Tice checks again. Makes sense. Yeah, he, he's, he's picked up a little bit more of a showdown value type situation. I mean, I think he's now in a pretty clear check call mode on the turn, right? Because, like, Big Nell's going to sometimes fire with, with worse hands, like the, the missed aces and stuff like that, like the bad aces, or yeah, even, maybe even ace-queen. If she wasn't going to do that, then it might even be a consider folding spot if she sized it up, though. She'd have to size it up pretty big, yeah. though, with a nut flush draw and a pair. I agree. Um, what if it was a very obvious player who, like, always okay. had it and they bet pot, you know? Sure. We could make different decisions, yeah. but it's not. It's right. Chris and Big Nell. So we, I think we have yeah, super easy plan to check call here. Yeah. So he checks. Is there any reason to bet as Big Nell? The only reason I come up with, and it's not good enough, is we've picked up a gut shot. And so we could build the pot for the times when we, with the plan to check back, of course, assuming we get called on the turn, we're just going to check back the river, assuming we don't clearly improve on the river. We also um, get to charge flush draws if we bet, you know. That is true. If he has ace eight of hearts. He probably has ace four of hearts. We don't mind charging that. He may have some check raises, though, and we don't really have a great hand to withstand check raises. Remember we were saying on the flop, like, this, what she really wants or what she should want when we flop with this hand on this board in this spot is like, we bet the flop, we get called, and like the best case scenario is it goes check, check on the turn, he checks the river, we bet, and he, he takes a little while and calls. Yeah. Right? So like in theory, we're mostly going to be wanting to play it that way. Right. But you make a fair point about the, the draws. The pro- we also need him to play the draws passively, though. Yeah, which I is, think, I which think is checking feels like the most natural thing to do yeah. as Bicknell. Um, I mean, there are some concerns, obviously, with 8-8, 8-9 getting there. Sure. All these things. So she does check it back. I like it. And also yeah. now we set up, this is a really nice, bluff, really nice bluff catcher, which is great. Yep. And we can bet for value if he checks. Yep. I think that's clear. Depending on the card, of, of course. Of course, there's some bad cards. <laughs> a nine, we're, we're, actually, a nine makes us a straight. A 10 is actually a little no, tough. No, a nine yeah. does not make us a straight. Well, some card makes us seven. a straight. A seven makes us a straight. Yeah. A nine, yeah, nine's not a great card for us, actually, because it pairs the board. Quickly, in, I'm not, I'm not going to advocate betting, but quickly in favor of betting, though. Yeah is that Tice does have some hands that will call that are, uh, are worse than King-10 now on, on this card, like 7-8, seven, 7-7, eight, seven, seven, yeah. 9-7 suited, 6-7 yeah. suited are all going to call now, which yeah. is nice, you know? And we get to charge them extra for their draw. That's true. I just am worried about the overall range, as, as we're talking about. Like, yeah. I, think it's not, I don't think it's enough. Jack-10 also will probably call with the open-ender now. Yep. Again, he may turn any of these, though, into an attack if we bet. True. And we have exactly the kind of hand that hates being attacked. Like the most, right? We have just enough of a hand that we don't love our spot. Yeah, I agree with all that. So the check makes a lot of sense to yeah, me. We do block the nuts at least, but still. I mean, that's nice. But he never has the nuts. No. He just never has it. Never. River is uh, no. it's not one of those bad cards you mentioned for Bicknell. It doesn't, mm-hmm. doesn't seem that bad, but it is bad. Mm. It's the eight of diamonds. That is a tricky, evil card. Yep. So king, six, nine, two hearts, eight of clubs, eight of diamonds. So Tice has made the best trips with ace-eight. Bicknell still sitting there with a medium top pair with king-ten. Yep. It's an interesting spot. All right. As Tice, do we bet? My initial thought is to bet here. Like... To get called by jacks and queens. And yeah, like yeah. And by the way, even some bad kings that check back the turn. Yeah. 
Um, or even mediocre kings that check back the turn. Maybe king jack checks back sometimes. Maybe king queen checks back sometimes on the turn. Not crazy. No, um, not at all. So trying to get called by those one pair of hands, because jacks may just check it back if we check. Maybe she's good enough to go for value with jacks anyway. Uh, but she may just say, like, eh, the board's a little wanky. I don't want to get into it. Wanky? <laughs> janky. Yeah. Weird. Yeah, okay. Anyway, the board's a little... A little wanky and a little janky, and so I'm just going to check it back. And I, I wouldn't want to let her do that. We can absolutely have missed hearts. In fact, we do have missed hearts. Yeah. We just also happen to have trips with the best kicker possible. Right. So I think I want to bet as land, and I think we should almost always be betting here. Okay. What do you think? I think mostly I want to bet, but I think that Bicknell's going to have a lot of fires with her bluffs. If mm. she was bluffing the flop and kind of was like decided not to bluff the turn. Um, I think she's going to fire a lot of the time. When we check again. Yeah. Because now we're saying, like, I don't have a king. Right. I don't love my spot. Yeah. And let's play it out. If With, with Bicknell having king 10, mm-hmm. let's not talk about that yet because yeah. we're going to get to that. If Bicknell had ace king, she might play it like this. It's possible. It's possible. Uh, we'd expect her to bet the river. Yeah. Absolutely. Do we expect to be able to get called if we check race? I don't know. I legit don't know the answer to that. Yeah. It's very unclear to me what we're supposed to get called by if we check race. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, like, we're not doing, we're not repping that much value, which is great for us. Right. Let's say for a second she has pocket aces. Let's, like, upgrade her hand a little bit. Okay. She has pocket aces. She decides to check back the turn. Yeah. Not impossible. She's got one pair. Yeah. It's a three-bet pot. Okay. We check the river. She bets with her aces, and we go, we put in a big check race. Yeah. Is that, an, is that an easy call? I don't feel it's an easy call. I think it's not an easy call, but if you think about it, Tice is repping basically sixes full, nines full, and eights full of nines only. Um, I think he can have trip eights also, like we were talking about, right? He can have seven, eight, I guess. Yeah, that's about it, though. Yeah. Turns out he can have ace eight, but, ace eight. but that's really, it's like ace eight of hearts only, yeah. so we wouldn't, we wouldn't give it. But seven, eight totally fits. Yeah. He's basically, I think he's repping trip eights plus, though, right? When he yeah. does that. Which if is you, not that many hands, though. It's not that many hands, but what, why would he, it seems like such a strange decision to, to check raise there without value. If you had I'd be worried a, about a hand like six, seven, or yeah. nine, ten. Mm. You might turn that into yes, a bluff. Yes, that is correct. That's yeah. exa- that would be the thing we can beat. Yeah. So okay. So and you're probably right. We probably ultimately have to call with aces here. Probably right. Because um, yeah, having a king isn't better than having aces now. Because even though because we don't block two pair any right. better, right? Because the board's paired anyway. Um, but I guess I'm saying it's. I don't think it's like an easy insta call or anything like that by any means. So you don't think race. it's a better expected value decision for Tice to go for a check raise than to just lead and hope to get called. I would really be worried about her being able to call my check raise with most of her range that takes this line. And so I'd want to be able to size it the way I want to size it. I can make it look bluffy. I can go big. I can do whatever I want. If she's got a calling hand, she's got a calling hand. Okay. That, that's my thought. What do you think? I kind of disagree. Cool. I, I tend to think that she will probably go for some value with most of her kings. Any king that's over a nine, probably. I think so. I agree uh, with that. Maybe, any, maybe any king. And, and pocket aces, of course. And it's going to be hard to find a fold against what we're representing if we check raise with those hands. At the, same, at the same time, we're letting her bluff with her bluffs that slow down on the turn. That is true. We also capture equity from the bluffs or value from the bluffs, yeah. which we do not almost ever because they have to now raise. Yeah. Which then uh, we're actually like, I don't know if I like this. Yeah, we probably have to call with this yeah. hand. Uh, I think we do, in fact. But, yeah. 
that's an interesting point because I wasn't thinking about it from the point of view of how many bluffs she may have if we check. Uh, I'm unclear how many bluffs she has. You know, it was it a three feels... bet pot. We called the flop. She checked the turn. She knows it's a pretty weak line to go bet, check, bet. Do you think if she had something like ace 10, she would just check back and hope it's okay? I don't know. But I think if she was going to bluff, she'd more often bluff turn than river. Not, of course, sometimes she's going to bluff river and not bluff turn, of course. Yeah. But I think mostly she's going to be bluffing turn, not river, is my pretty strong guess. Right? Because do you not think yeah. that in. in in concert with that, that she also is going to have to strongly consider calling with her kings in better if we check raise based on the thin amount of value that we're representing. Well, what she's going to do is she's going to think about the like the range of hands that she bet for value, and she's going to cut off some of those on cut off some of them right and call with some of them. And so she's going to so I I imagine the hand she's betting for value is mostly kings or better anyway. Like I don't know if she's ever betting jacks on the river. Yeah, I don't I'm, I'm unclear. So I don't think we're getting called by all the kings or anything like that, even if we check raise. But maybe you're right. Maybe we're getting called by ace king plus easily because they just have to call. Yeah. Because of where they fit in the distribution even. Um and, if and we then get king in and a, then king queen gets interesting. And then you, you couple with that with depending on what size we want to go with, like our mm-hmm. check raise can be big enough to really beef up the expected value of that play. Right. Right. Because maybe it's a polarizing spot and so the size works for us. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's an interesting decision. I don't know what I like better. Very interesting. Uh, Just because I'm saying, first of all, you obviously sometimes have to check this hand and give her a chance to bluff and or get value this way. So your check raises, because you have to sometimes be able to check raise for value here, not just as a bluff. Yeah. Of course. So, but but I guess what I'm saying is I lean towards, I want the majority of my plays here to be bets rather than checks. But I don't know if that's right. I'd actually be curious what the solver has to say about this when we get to that section. Yeah, I guess we'll find out uh, you know, after the rest of this episode is done. Yeah. At the very end of the show. Solver stuff. All right. Tice goes with a check. I mean, it's pretty cool. It has to be a plan to check raise unless she bets like more than the pot. Then you probably just call. She's got to bet enough where you're like, oh, huh. Yeah. Yeah, and you're like, I guess I call. Right. Like, what happened here? Yeah. If she it, bets it, 15K into 14K, you probably don't check raise. I'm not even sure. Maybe we do because we're trying to get value out of the other eights, out of the trip eights. Because when because the line that she takes doesn't really look like yeah. full houses. I think we still have to check race. I guess maybe you're right. Because like if she has seven eight suited, which is kind of what she's repping here, by the way. Yeah. If she bets fifteen, I guess she could have ace eight also. Right. By the way, that makes perfect sense. Ace eight suited actually. Right. Perfect. Um, then it wouldn't matter. But if she has seven eight, then. Hello, Dolly. Right? Like, she would have bet two pair on the turn almost all the time, I think, on this board. I think. Almost always. So, so like, if she has 9-8, I think she's just betting that on the turn. Yeah. So, I just don't think she has almost any full houses. Yeah, you're probably right. I want to go for value either way. Okay. I've just decided. We don't have to worry about it. She bets 8.5K. Yeah. Quick question. Should she consider not betting with King-10? I mean, this has got to be... If not the bottom, very close to the bottom of her value betting range. Yeah. I think she should be betting, but I agree this has got to be right near the bottom. Like she, I guess she had king seven suited. Then the kicker doesn't matter. The right. kicker doesn't play. Um, I think she might still go for value to try and get value out of like two tens or something like that. But I don't know if she can get called by two tens. But I think she's supposed to go for value with top pair. I think it's a little weak to bet once and not try again on this board when he just checks it every time. Called by 9-10 suited or jack 9 suited or 
like you said, two tens, something like that. Maybe he can have two jacks sometimes. Maybe. Maybe he's slow playing two queens once in a while, pre, and doesn't know what to do now. I don't know. There's not a lot. I'll acknowledge. Yeah. There's not a lot. Still, I want to go for some. It value. feels a lot nicer to, to value bet king queen than king ten here. I strongly, really just so much more to strongly get. Strongly agree. But you figure mostly he's going to bet king jack king queen when on the river rather than check them mostly, perhaps. But I don't know. He checked this hand because he wants to get. But but he wants to get value out of jacks now instead of this, where he's trying to yeah. do a different thing. I don't know. But maybe you're right. Maybe he's going to go for bluff catching and and stuff too. Anyway, all right. So he gets the bet. He gets the eight point five k. Yeah. Clearly, it's time for a check race. Uh, well, yeah, we have to check race. This How time. do you want to size it? Tice has forty nine k back. She bets eight and a half k into fourteen k. Okay. So now the pot has twenty two and a half k in it, and we've got forty nine k. Yeah. Okay. Typical sizing would be about three x. Right, sure. If, if we're just not, if we're not thinking about that piece of it, so we could make it like twenty-five k. Sure, that would be a normal size. The, the biggest question I have right away is: Is there a, an actual material difference from her point of view of twenty-five k and forty-nine k? Like, is she going to make different decisions at forty-nine versus twenty-five? It's a great question. Because if she isn't, we should definitely go forty-nine. If she is, we should consider smaller. Uh, well, does that mean then we should go twenty-five when we're bluffing? Uh, maybe it does. I mean, now of course. Over time, we'd have to change. We'd that. have to shift. That, we'd have to change that up. But Landon Tice is probably pretty new to playing with Kristen Bignell. And yeah, probably. Yeah, like right now, I think. Yeah, maybe we should go forty nine for value and twenty five when we're bluffing for now. Yeah. And when she starts to pick up that we're doing anything close to that, or she, or we've done it a few times, she can see that we switch it up. It's such a huge. It's a massive raise. Bet. I mean, this is something that I asked you on a different piece of media we did earlier. Like. There, there's got to be a breaking point at some point yes. when you're going for value where like it's just too much where people. This are might like, be too much. You're like, I can't really call that much, even though like princi- from a principled perspective, it's all the same. I still can't do it, you know, because it mean, just doesn't. It's it's not worth it. It's really reasonable to ask what hands in the world can she call forty nine k with, like, like really like, for example, king ten feels like really hard to call yeah forty nine k with. Is Ace-King really hard to call 49K with? I think it is. I think all the hands that we were saying, like, well, you have to call the check raise with. Now, all of them have to reevaluate. I guess if she has 7-8, she she may think for a little bit, but she's going to call. Trip 8s, right? She's going to call with She's going to call with trip 8s. That's the dream. Yep. But I think everything else is now going to be at least a a real tank. Like, Pocket Aces is a real, is a legit tank and may find a fold if we go 49 versus 25, right? That's the question, is... Where, where is, there, is there an actual breaking point here or not? For there, some people, the bigger we make it, the more apt they are to call. Yeah. But I don't know if that's true for Bignell's Kristen. going to be a bit more complex I agree. of a thinker than that. I agree. Um, the thing we have going for us is Tice, is the same thing we've been talking about, that when he check raises, which he will do, he's not representing that many combos of value, and he's gotten here in the, the way that is the least likely. Yes. And so... It's easier to find calls with hero calls on a runout like this against a line like this than against most runouts, most lines. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. So I mean, he's got that going for him. What's he repping? He's repping the flop set that he checked all three streets on and went for the check raise, or seven eight or ace eight. Yeah, right? that's pretty much it. Yeah, I think. And even seven eight, I guess seven eight. He's going to go for it here, right? Yeah, yeah, he is. Uh, when she bets eight and a half. Yeah, I think so. Um, but I don't know if he's going to even choose this size with 7-8 because now he can't get called by a worse 8. This size being 49K because he so, does, oh, he does yes. move in. You're right. I mean, I mean like a nor- smaller normal size, yeah. like 25. Because like when he moves in, which he does for 49, he can now get called by 7-8 and he can beat other 8s. 
He beats all the eights, right? So there's a, there are at least, it's at least possible for there to be hands out there that really have to call him at this size, right? But with 7-8, that's not the case. No. No. So he does it. Yeah, he moves in. I guess part of it must be that he knows he can't have that many combos for value, making it more likely she'll call with more hands. I guess. I guess. Maybe he just thinks if she has aces, she's calling either way. So let's do this. All right. I don't know if that's true. Well, Bicknell's in the tank. She's not folding right away. I think it's good to go into the tank here. How do you approach this? Well, let's ask ourselves what hands reasonably get here that are bluffs and that are value, right? That's what we want to do. The potential bluffs that get here but don't necessarily play well as a bluff are flush draws, straight draws, maybe some combo draws. Boy, you know, we have a card in our hand that really is not great for calling with, and that is ten, the ten of hearts. That ten of hearts blocks the, the straight, and it blocks, it blocks the flush draw that he could have had. No, he did have we one. We could go still. a couple levels deeper with that. Okay. And recognizing that Tice is a thoughtful player, realizing that Tice probably is not making this move with those hands because those are among the worst hands to bluff with. They are among the most sensible to get here with, mm-hmm. but we block the types of things we want to be able to fold out easily when we bluff, right? Mm-hmm. So that makes them among the worst hands to, to bluff with because we also don't block any value with those hands, right? Right. The good hands to bluff with are like 6, 7, and 9, 10. Hands that block full houses. Mm. Those, yep. Those have to be the, the best hands to bluff with. Also, by the way, 6, 7 is nice because we block 7, 8 a little bit. Right. Which maybe she, maybe she's going she's gonna to 3 bet that sometimes, I think, on the button. And, and would play it like this. The 6, 7, and 9, 10s probably are suited only, which means they don't contain hearts. So mm-hmm. the 10 of hearts in her hand does not matter, is where I'm getting back to. It does block the nut straight. That's not a thing. It's a little bit of a it's thing. It's not right? a thing. Tice never has 7, 10. Let's see. On the flop, can he ever Pre-flop. have seven ten? I mean, you think he can have six seven suited, but you don't think he can have seven ten suited? One hundred percent, yes. I don't know if that's true or not. I don't think he can have either one, but whatever. I think he would have six seven. He, does, he, he almost never has it on the flop, though. To your point, so it doesn't really matter, right? He's not going to check call with just the gutter and nothing else going on there out of position, right? He's just never going to do it. Yeah. So okay, so he can't have seven ten. No, I don't. All think right. So your point is the ten hearts actually doesn't matter. Right. Fair enough. It seems like it does on its surface. It does. But that would be against a player who just gets here with a flush draw and decides, I'm going to bluff with my flush draws. Right. When those are the wrong hands to bluff right. with. Right. This is you, We're bluffing with one pair here. Yeah. Because we realize one pair isn't good enough when she bets the river. Right. And we actually block something of relevance. Right. And don't block things that we want her to have. Right. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. I think it doesn't matter. Okay. I well, think you're right. I agree with you. Like, so ultimately, maybe having the 10... Is bad though because we block ten nine, which is one of their more obvious bluffs. Hmm. Interesting. Okay, we do block ten nine. Um. But it would only be ten nine suited, and the yeah. nine of hearts is on the board already, so we don't block that. Actually, there's there's three combos of ten nine that could be here, and none of them include the ten of hearts. It doesn't. Okay, the ten of hearts. Yeah. Right, because he because he called right. the three bet okay, three. Right. So we don't block that. Even that we don't block. Man. So none of that matters. Right. So then does, it just comes down to hand rank? Well, if we're coming down to hand rank, I don't see how we can call with this hand. Right, because we have king, king, jack, king, queen, ace, king, aces. Obviously, we have some full houses in a range, although it's rare. I mean, part of this is also going to just come down to, like, do we know anything about this kid? 
Like, do we know anything about him? Do we know what kinds of hands he chooses to bluff with here? We know that, he thinks he can beat Bill Perkins for nine blinds per hundred. Right, which means, and, and not just him, but like the whole Saul for Wife crew, like clearly yeah. believed in that and bought into that, which means he's got something going on. Yeah. Like he's, he's legit. He thinks deeply about this stuff. Right. At least to probably not as deeply as Kristen. I right. would be shocked if he did, right? But that's not fair because that's true for almost everyone in the right. world. Um, we've got a bluff catcher that doesn't really block anything. And, it, and hand rank wise, it's near the very bottom of the hands we would have even bet on the river, let alone consider calling with. So does that mean we're supposed to throw it away? I mean, obviously, it feels like we should throw it away. Yeah. All the draws miss except for seven, eight, which makes trip eights. If we call with this hand, I think it's pure exploit. Yeah. We're just saying this kid has too many bluffs based on the run out in the line. Yeah. Now, you know what I always like to say when I'm about guys like Bryn Kenny, and I actually include Matt Berkey in this, yeah. too, I think, which is like, just I don't know if this qualifies, but just don't fold good hands to them, basically, right. on the river when they, when they make these big plays because they, they will take a blocker and lose their mind. And lose their mind not in a bad way, but like they're going to put pressure on you with, with a blocker right. pretty much all the time. If they can, they will. And it's worked really well for them. Mm-hmm. Um, Landon is from that school. Yeah. So if we think he's going to do it more of the time than most people... Like, most people, even at this table, maybe, aren't always going to take 9, 10, and turn into a bluff here. Like, they're going to call with it or fold it a lot and bluff it a little bit, and maybe Landon's going to bluff it a lot. You know, maybe he's turning, like, what all three combos of 9, 10 suited into a bluff instead of Tom Dwan's maybe turning one combo of it into a bluff. I'm just making these numbers up Um, and making a Tom Dwan for no real reason. But you know what I mean? Like, maybe we're sitting here thinking, like, if anyone's going to, like, turn going to do this. Okay, Jake Daniels is at the table, so him more so. Yeah, but beyond there. Jake, uh, like maybe this kid, this kid's going to take any chance he can to do this, and then sizing it up means he's probably more likely not to have it than have it. Maybe. I wonder if that's true. I think it may be, having watched him play during these, uh, this whole session, but I don't know, I don't know if that's well, true. Well, he did a nice job balancing this time yeah. because he definitely has it. He definitely has it. Yeah. I don't know, man. It feels I mean, like a fold. It feels, it feels like, like a fold. we just make a distribution fold. We don't. Yeah. Uh, we don't have relevant blockers in either direction, so it, be, it comes down to hand rank distribution stuff. I think before we got into all this cool, like you know, well, the board's paired and the uh, so a full house blocker is really what you're looking for and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so like the slightly older days of poker, like a year and a half ago, <laughs> for at least us, uh, it'd be easy to look at this and say, well, all the draws missed except for yeah. the ones that have an eight in their hand, right? And so like. I've top pair and like it's maybe this is a call, you know, but we're deeper than that now. We can go, we can make better decisions. Yeah, this feels like a fold. I think it feels like a fold. But Big Nell calls. She tanks, by the way, for minutes upon minutes, really mm. trying to figure out what to do and ultimately puts in the chips. And I, I wonder if it's because she had the 10 of hearts in her hand, even though as we like had time to really talk about it and think about it, we don't think it's relevant. Yeah. I can understand in the moment feeling like it's a relevant card. Yeah. You know? Um, although that's bad for you anyway, now I think about it, right? If you're thinking it's relevant. Yeah. Because it's not. So maybe she just knows it's not relevant. She knows she doesn't block any of the stuff she wants to block. Right. All right. I don't know anymore. I don't know either. Maybe the solver knows. Maybe. Stick around after the music for uh, to see what the solver had to say. All right. Here's the solver analysis done by Wesley Cannon. Again, we did not see this before doing the podcast. This is all new to us after having done our analysis. Um, of note, early on in the hand, 
Landon Tice with Ace Eight of Hearts check calls the flop. We thought that was the clear best decision with the Ace Eight of Hearts. The solver actually wants him to raise that hand about thirty-five to forty-five percent of the time, which is far more than we would have thought, right, Jonathan? Yeah, um, we were thinking it would be some of the time, surely, but much less than that. Probably more like if I was guessing fifteen to twenty percent of the time. So maybe half what the solver thinks should be done anyway. And again, someone like Bicknell, you probably do want to be pretty close to solver perfect if you can be. Right. Um, obviously, check calling is fine with the solver. Just surprised to find that many check raises. Let's skip ahead to the river here, uh, where we, we first started talking about what Bicknell might value bet. We were wondering if she would value bet worse hands than a king. And the solver does want her to value bet queens, but not anything worse than that, which, you know, makes some sense. Tice does have some jacks in his range. I mean, he doesn't, I mean, that's okay, though, right? If she's, she, I mean, I think she should be able to value bet jacks if she can value bet queens personally. I don't know why you couldn't. Well, He's, then maybe you should talk to the math. Yeah, I'm just saying, I think we can go one, one pip lower in real life. And uh, I don't think practically it's a problem. Tice is almost always going to four bet queens pre. And if we value better ourselves with our three com- or six combos of jacks and get value every other, t- you know, once in a while and get value the rest of the time, it's great. Like he's, he doesn't have queens that often. Right. Fair enough. Let's get to the good stuff, the juicy yeah. stuff. Tice's check shove. Um, Wesley put in uh, the option to raise 3.2x instead of shoving. And the solver clearly preferred shoving over the 3.2x raise, which. I think we kind of came to that conclusion, thinking like, yeah, she might have a bit of a binary decision with most of her hands against those sizings. We we weren't sure if she did or not, but we thought probably that was the case. We ultimately did like going for the really big sizing, but we didn't know how much she was going to modulate based on uh, the strength of her hand. And then when she ended up calling with king ten, it felt like she wasn't modulating that much, so it meant going big was good. Right, and then. Bicknell had to ask herself the question, what are the bluffs that Tice could have? Yeah. What we came up with were hands like 6-7 and 9-10, full house blockers. Um, turns out the solver sort of agreed with us, but, but wanted to have an ace in the hand. Wanted ace-9 ace and ace-7 as the best bluffs because it blocks aces, which are a more clear call for Bicknell than some of her other hands. That makes sense to me. It seems like a bit of an oversight on our part there. Yeah, I agree. It also blocks ace-king, which is also going to be a more likely call than, than worse kings. Right. So that's a little bit better, too. So yeah, that does that does seem to be a better play. I don't always think the solver's going to be right, just in terms of the actual situation. Solver's going to be right if it's playing against another solver, of course. But um, against a human, it's not always going to be right, and that's where we bring in ideas of exploiting uh, opponents. But right here, it feels like the solver's just clearly right. Yeah, it does. It does. And then, of course, we get to should Bicknell call or not. Yeah. And the solver actually says, I don't know. It kind of it like <laughs> barely, barely prefers a fold to a call. Uh, it's very close with the King-10. We thought it would be a fold, but it's it's just barely a fold in the solver's eyes. Uh, I guess it's a good enough hand against this line that you got to call some of the time. The solver thinks having the 10 of hearts is actually the, the final factor to f- make the fold, where it's calling with the 10 of clubs and the 10 of diamonds, so there were no flush draws with those two anyway. Um, there is the 10 of hearts and the 10 of spades. And so as a result, yeah, it, it thinks that blocking the heart draw even a little bit, you'd rather not even though how many times is Landon really going to show up with uh, missed hearts here? It doesn't seem like very likely. It doesn't, but I guess there's at least the possibility. Yeah. Anyway, that's the solver. Thank you to Wesley Cannon. Music is my sunlight, and all I need is one mic. And I can show every single MC how it's done right. Every time I come by, I'm bound to leave them so tired. I'm sipping on liquor, a quitter is what I'm not. We got one life, and I took a minor break, but I'm back to claim the throne. I'm going to be traveling the globe. We still have time to make it home.